Okay, it looks like we are live now in the group for the property investor. Okay. And just making sure we're all up and running everywhere. In the group for the property investor. There we are. All right. So, Ayumi from Proppy. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alan. That's all right. We're running this uh, live masterclass in the group for the property investor. Um, and with a lot of our, um, our clients and community that uh, are all about um, um, property investment. And you're here to talk to us about co-ownership in property investment. Yeah, that's right. So I am um, just, um, if I'm looking distracted, I'm just uh, wanting to make sure I can see uh, the live here on my phone so that if we've got any people joining us um, live on the uh, chat here, I want to be able to see any questions that come through. So um, anyone who is joining us live, please ask any questions. And if I can uh, see them come up, then I will um, be able to ask Ayumi that as we go through. Um, but Ayumi, as we're getting set up and getting a few people on board, um, please tell us a bit about your uh, business, your website, um, Proppy, and, um, and with that, a bit of your background of how you came to this. Uh, because you came from a bit of a, a different industry, you didn't come from real estate, property, or finance at all. So, yeah, yeah. how did you, how did you come up with this um, uh, business idea? Yeah, it's funny, right? Um, so, certainly on paper, um, I've not come from the property sector. I've actually come from healthcare. So, I um, studied pharmacy up in Brizzy. I did work as a pharmacist for a few years, and. I've spent the best part of my career in multinationals, in pharmaceutical and consumer goods companies. Um, and most recently I was um, at Blackmore's as managing director there. Before that, I held other sort of general management roles in different countries, sort of all through APAC and did a stint in the US and whatnot as well. So um, my, my career has, has been very much running businesses and operations and commercial. And um, a big part of that in the in the recent years actually has been e-commerce. So okay. I spent four and a half years in Japan um, when I was with Bayer. We actually didn't have a consumer health business there. So I went there as the first person to start up the business. And the go-to-market model we found ended up being best suited um, to be an e-commerce model. So that was... Uh, an unusual thing for a, a conservative, big, heavy multinational, right, to set up an e-commerce business, but that's what we did. And that's kind of, I guess, where I started to get a real taste for tech-oriented businesses. Um, yeah. And I've always loved tech, right? So I've always, what I love about tech is if you have a, a question like, do you reckon we could do this? The answer is always yes, right? Now, it may be, there may be lots of buts and conditions and levels of difficulty, but um, you can pretty much do anything that you think up or dream up. Um, making it happen, of course, is a huge challenge. So um, that that was kind of where I was. So I had a lot of um, transferable skills from a commercial perspective that okay. I can put into other industries, right? Um, yep. Even though it's been healthcare focused. 
Now, it, it's really been combining for me a couple of areas that I've always loved. So um, I mentioned tech, but property has always been a really big part of my life. Um, I, I grew up being exposed to quite a lot of property with my parents. They yeah. they yeah. were they were in they had their own company, but um, any money they made they put into property. So our weekends as kids was driving around from one property to the next with mum and dad fixing stuff upright and we just oh that sounds like so much fun <laughs> well as kids we're always like hanging around saying can we go yet can we go yet <laughs> I, I had to just play monopoly by myself you know i, I didn't have to do it in real life geez now you're making me jealous but you were trading little houses <laughs> yeah i just had the little green plastic things that you had to play with yeah they're real things yeah <laughs> but it's funny because like in the car you learn a lot just from like I wouldn't say my parents educated us on a lot because it was we were kind of always just sitting in the back of the car but listening to the conversation. So yeah. you sort of don't realise how much you pick up along the way until you use it, until you yeah. need it. And so for me, I always loved property um, and started getting into it as soon as I could. And it was always tough to get in initially and it took a while, um, but I've always loved it. So it's always been a big part of my life and I was, I've always been very active um you know my husband loves it too so we're the sort of people who are showing up at open houses and auctions for kicks on weekends because it's just fun to do right yeah <laughs> um, and there's a few of us around that do that but not many yeah yeah there's nothing better than going to an auction when you're not buying it's so much fun <laughs> <laughs> and just watching everybody right and seeing the nerves and the excitement and what happens so that's yeah um and so what happened essentially was i I mean, look, the idea of co-ownership has always existed, right? Anybody yeah. could do it. Um, and it was something I always wished I could do in my very early 20s, even 21, I wanted to get in and buy a quarter mm. share of property, mm. but there was no mechanism to do it. And I suppose I thought that at some point someone would do it. Um, and over the years, it's never really happened. And as I've watched, particularly in Sydney, property prices go up and up and up and up and the barrier to entry just get harder and harder. I, I really thought this was just going to get off the ground and someone would make it happen with a structure where you could, I mean, not even with a digital platform, but just some of these investment funds, you know, they, they already do managed funds. Why couldn't they do, and I don't mean like trust funds, but I mean, why couldn't they tee up three or four people to buy a property um, where you actually have your name on title and you can leverage equity and whatnot. But yeah, well, um, I mean, cult culturally, as as a country, it's just something that we um, we just didn't learn to do, and it wasn't something that we did. It's um, you know, it, we we all sort of grew up, and yeah, you don't talk about money at the dinner table yeah. and things like that. Um, yeah. But funnily enough, a lot of you know over the um, the the decades, we were just talking about um, this before we came on about. Yeah, you know, how long we've been doing this, but it, it's um, yeah. Over the years of you know working with clients, we I always found that yes, the um, the um, clients of ethnic background, mm. a lot of time they did start young yeah. by working together. Yes, um, with their with their brothers, sisters, parents, uncles, aunties, cousins, and and so on, and and it was just a natural thing for them to do. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, traditional Australian, um, you know, Anglo-Saxon culture is, is is not to do that. So um, yep. yeah, and, and there's such a need now, which obviously you 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 saw and you, you've you've come up with um, the, the the platform that you've got now. Yeah, and I think 
you know, the driving force behind it, um, and it took a few years to build actually because I started building it actually four years ago now. It's okay. pretty quickly. And I started building it slowly. I honestly didn't know if I was going to bring it to market. It was more that I'd been working in e-commerce. I love tech. And also just from a business standpoint, I wanted to stay at the edge of tech because it moves so fast, right? Yeah. And I, I'd say one of the challenges of being in a multinational and, and in a corporate kind of environment is you can't get your hands dirty and do everything. You have to be able to trust your teams to also do the work. And so I'm a little bit of a nerd in the sense that the way I like to learn is by doing. And so I have these nerdy hobbies on the side. And in this case, it was actually building this platform. And I didn't know if I was going to bring it to market. For me, yeah. it was a hobby to begin with. And then it did get to a point um, last year where it was ready to go to market. And I, it was actually very confronting for me to think about bringing this to market because I was just going to shelve it. And it felt like, you know, being back in Australia, I've been back two years um, and there was a clear need for it. I just thought, I've just got to take the leap, right? So I got to a point where um, the fear of regret was outweighing the fear of failure. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, I'm just going to quit and I'm just going to do it and launch it. So um, we launched it at the very end of July. So it's kind of just the... MVP, the minimum viable product right now. Yep. It's in the market. Um, and we've been testing it with our, our early users to see how it all goes. Um, now, I haven't explained what it is yet, have I? So Yeah, well, <laughs> um, let's, get, let's get into that. I mean, how yeah. does, how does um, and give us a plug of the, 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 the name of the website and so on, but, but like, let, let's, uh, like, how does co-ownership or, you know, provide a stepping stone for people to get into property investment? Yeah, so the, the idea there, um, very much you just mentioned it, is to be a stepping stone. So yeah, okay. it, it stems back a bit. I grew up in Brisbane, right? And when yeah. I grew up in Brisbane, um, there weren't really units as a market. There were units and flats, but it was a house market. Yeah. And I've watched it change over a good 20-plus years where units have become now very acceptable. And when I moved to Sydney um, the first time a long time ago, I remember being very confused about why people were buying units and why that was, that's a terrible investment choice. Why would you buy a unit? And then I understood, ah, it's a stepping stone and you build equity and you move up. The situation now is that units are so incredibly expensive that people need another stepping stone. And so the opportunity with co-ownership is to provide that stepping stone. And, mm. um, you know, at least if you can get in with sort of a half a property or a third, or maybe, maybe there's a few of you who go in together, um, you know, the idea is that you, you buy smartly and you mm. buy a place that's going to have equity growth that's going to be growing at a much faster pace than savings or anything else, right? Because your money yes. in the bank or you're saving for a deposit, it's just not going to get you there. Um, yeah. And it's taking people now in Sydney, it's 15 years to save for the upfront cost. Melbourne is like 12 years. It's yeah. a long time, right? And in that time, then property prices will have doubled again, um, mm. or maybe more. So... Um, the idea of, of co-ownership is very much to be a stepping stone. People could then, after a certain period, they can exit and they can sell their share when yep. they want um, or leverage the equity um, of that property. And in a certain given amount of time, if you look at the way property has been going up, you know, if you did have, say, a half share of a, of a property that was priced at the median, it would give you more than enough equity value to then buy 
annexed whole property. Mm. So you, you could very much end up in a situation if you play it right where you, um, in that time you thought it would take you to save, let's say 10, 12 years, you could yeah. end up with one and a half properties instead of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, so what you do is really provide a framework for people to be able to yeah. um, start this process at least of either meeting people or putting getting people together to at least start getting organised and, yeah. and so that they don't know what, what, what to get started with. Is that correct? Yeah, and it, it actually we do see all the way through to post-settlement. So first thing is it's all digitised on the platform. Okay. Um, we help people to team up together. So, for example, we can match owner-occupiers with owner-investors with similar um, or complementary profiles when it comes if you, you know, want to buy in a similar location, similar type of property. Um, when you set your profile, you put in your budget, your share ownership, which could be a range. I want to own 40 to 60%. And yep. you state whether you want to live in it or not. Um, so we help people team up. Um, and that's really only the beginning. So from there, then we have lined up, um, you know, working with the right lenders. So there are certain loan products so that the parties can have separate loans um the the co-ownership agreement so that legal framework is super important yeah well that's what i was going to ask next because you know having been in this industry for you know a number of decades mm. you know I've, I've seen where people have done this mm. um and whether they were brother and sister or or, or friends um you know it, it it can get messy yep um and so um and, and before i to uh, ask that question, I, I see that we have got a few people watching us live. Mm. Um, so while we're going through and, and um, uh, talking about any of these topics, please come on and ask any questions. So happy to um, get them answered live. So just uh, uh, type it in the chat there. Or if you're watching this recorded, please still um, let us know and, and let us know if you are watching this live or recorded. Um, but if you want to put any questions in, uh, if you're watching the recording, uh, we can get them in for you after as well. So, um, yeah, sorry for um, uh, digressing there. But, um, yeah, so, so the legal framework, I've seen yep. it fall apart many times yep. and, and get messy. Yeah. Um, what is um, the process mm. of um, protecting yourself as well as mm. everyone involved in that process? Yeah, so this is a really key part of it, right, the legal framework, because, you know, we are seeing that people are having to go in together just to get into property, particularly with younger couples, um, where they may not even um, be at a point where they're ready to commit to each other long term in a relationship, but they want to get into property and it can just get quite messy, right? Yeah. And so what I'm really aiming to do is not only to make that whole purchase journey really easy, and I'll talk about some of the other parts of it as okay. we continue to post-settlement when we yep. come to it. But the co-ownership part is it needs to be normalised, you know, in terms of the way that you buy property in a smart way. And it needs to be normal that you have a co-ownership agreement up front without okay. thinking of it like a, a prenup, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the challenge is if you go in with a, a sibling or a friend, you know, it, it's really funny. You would sort of think, yeah, of course you'd have a contract and that makes sense. But... Having that discussion is really difficult and it's very awkward. And there's an implicit subtext of if we need an agreement, we don't trust each other, right? And yeah, but that's the very difficult. Reality is people's lives change. Change. And the, the worst time to, to 
you know, they say that, you know, people get into trouble with owning property or, you know, if they've got a mortgage, you know, the, 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 the reason, the main reasons why uh, people get into trouble is if they get sick, mm-hmm. they lose their job. Yeah. Um, or um, or there's some other or divorce. They're the three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's protecting everyone else involved in that transaction or that property ownership uh, from one of the parties going through those one of those three life-changing situations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to have a level of realism that these are not scarce things that happen or rare, mm. right? These are things that affect um, more than 50% of the population as reported. Mm. But, you know, breakups are incredibly common. I mean, mm. everyone's had a breakup, right? So, <laughs> uh, um, you know, so I guess... If you haven't, you haven't lived yet. Yeah, must be young. <laughs> <laughs> or you're breaking lots of hearts or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but... What the co-ownership agreement essentially sets out is it makes it really clear who owns what. So what I think is really interesting talking to people is how many people get in and buy property with a partner, but they have no idea who's paid what all the way along. And so when they do come to that point where they're separating, and I'm not kidding, I've, I've spoken to people in this situation, they don't know how much they should sort of claim for from each other because they, they haven't necessarily, not only have they not tracked it, but they just don't know who's contributed what. So the point of this is to be very clear on what share each party owns. You are financially responsible for your share. Um, The way that it is managed, the property is managed all the way through um, the ownership period, there are rules for how decisions are made and there's governance in the co-ownership agreement. So, you know, I essentially went through and thought about all of the questions and objections and reasons why people would not want to get into co-ownership and then worked with our legal partners at Law Lab to come up with different solutions that made sense in an agreement that people could live with. So the co-ownership agreement that we have is a base agreement. It can be tailored, Mm. but it addresses all of the common questions, like what happens if somebody wants to renovate? If you're living in it and you want to upgrade your kitchen, Mm. how do I get the okay on that? Um, What happens if somebody defaults on their loan? What if someone wants to sell early? Um, What if one of the other parties wants to move in instead? And so all of the decision-making has a set of rules behind it. And so then you, it's almost like a little mini owner's corporation, right? Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. voting rights in there. Um, and so it's very clear who's got what right going in, during, and then coming out. And then each party can sell their share of the property when they want. So you don't all have to sell together. You won't be arguing about price. Um you know, and, and even the living arrangement. So if you've agreed up front that one party is going to live in it and the other party, for example, will be an investor, um, up front we say you need to pick a property or assign a property management company. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have property management companies there who are able to do something which is fairly new now, um, which is essentially to split all the finances. Yeah, you yeah. Might pick, pick, me, pick me, pick yeah. me. I, so, I can answer yeah. that one. Yeah. Oh, and, and I felt able to help us out there too, which is fantastic. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, within the property management systems now, you can actually, um, um, so if, if you had three people, one owned 20%, another one 30%, another one 50%, you can automatically split the income after expenses to go yeah. three different ways in those percentages. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty easy from our point of view. It's just uh, good software. 
Yeah, and that's really, really good. And not everyone can do that. Um, a lot of the big ones all can't do it, just doesn't, because there hasn't been that kind of demand. But the yeah. point is that every party can have a separate set of financials. So you never have to chase the other person for, oh, your share of the plumbing or, you know, whatever it was, or your share of the strata or tax. Um, everybody has their own um, payments coming in, income, costs going yeah. out, and their own end of financial year statement. So the idea of property all the way along is to remove any of the um, aspects of this that could cause friction in a relationship. So it aims to preserve the relationship, even if you're strangers. Um, so you only you actually never have to deal with each other unless you know you you want to. Um, yeah. And so that's where we kind of have worked with um, we've worked with lenders, conveyances as well, which is also law lab. The co-ownership agreement is in place, and then the property management post settlement also then comes into play. So that entire journey. So we sort of say from search to settlement to um, selling, we yeah. can support all the way on that on the property platform. Okay, and the, the the legal agreement that you you got done up is it is it something that um, uh, I mean isn't a isn't a solicitor or a solicitor can't can't they all do it? Um, what what yeah or or did you have to spend time to sort of uh, I mean you mentioned it before about going through you know each possibility and mm-hmm. setting this up as as something that hasn't really been done before? Yeah, so do you know what in theory yeah anyone can do it. That's the thing, right? Anyone can go to a lawyer and you could go with your mate and you could do it. But it's really difficult for a couple of reasons. One is whenever yeah. you start on a blank page and come from different positions and you get into the details, you can't you can't necessarily solve everything. And once it's done, it seems easy in hindsight that, yeah, that all makes complete sense. But it's interesting when you've got this long list of things you want to sort of knock over and align on, how complicated and messy and what that can do to a relationship Hmm. it's just so so you've done all the hard work and these solicitors have got the the templates in place to make it work yeah exactly so we've we've done the legwork but the other thing was as well finding lawyers who can see the opportunity and do that so i went through a lot of lawyers before i got to law lab okay um and they were incredible and they are incredible because they completely understand the objective of co-ownership and help yep. me find solutions for things that I just wasn't sure what would work because mm. it was important to me that this was a legal document that would stand up in court. That's what it needs yep. to be, right? And it is. And um, many lawyers, you know, their job is to identify risk and avoid risk. <laughs> so you can imagine if you're going with a mate and if you're going with two separate lawyers, it's already an oppositional relationship. Yeah. Right? Uh, but also on the lending side, because uh, being a mortgage broker in a past life mm. and, and working with a lot of mortgage brokers now, um, you know, I, I know some that would sort of flat out say, no, don't do yeah. this. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, yeah, banks don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just too difficult and blah, blah, blah. So, so you, again, you found mortgage brokers yeah. that um, um, do this often. Mm-hmm. And they know which lenders like it, and they yep. know which lenders um, can uh, structure it properly. And then, as a broker, they mm-hmm. can structure it pro- properly to protect each other. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, look, the options are limited. There's actually only one lending product on the market right now um, that allows for two, say, completely separate loans. Right. So if you and I went in together, we could have two loans. Yours might be principal and interest. Mine might be interest only. Different rates. We could pay them down separately. 
Um, okay. so it has to be with the same bank, doesn't it, or same lender? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All parties have to be with the same lender because it's one security. So that's yeah. that's must. Um, and but you know this will change over time as well. So that's where I am working with lenders to get more loan products on the market, so so that people have more options. But that that has also been quite tricky. You know, I actually so my husband and I went in with two other parties um, at the end of what are we in? at the end of twenty twenty one. No, 2020, the end of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was before property launch. So we we bought a property as, I guess, co-owners, and it was messy with the lending. Like, you know, the mortgage broker yep. we were working with, it was exactly what you described. They couldn't do it. We were tried to work directly with the bank that we were with, but we'd had many loans before. They couldn't navigate it. And we did end up finding a, a lender who could do it, but it was it was messy. Not because it's not possible, but because even like the lenders don't just don't know how to sort of get to the other end of it. Um, yeah, and a bit because it needs to um, take into account um, each individual's personal financial situation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And one can affect you know the 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 whole group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um, and, and so again, your your process that you help people go through helps them to qualify you know, qualify them and the, the, the group of people that they're looking to invest with of how how easy it should be for them and whether yeah. it's possible, yeah. One of the very first steps early on, which we recommend even before you start searching for a property, is we refer you to the mortgage broker to seek pre-approval. Okay. And we can do that as an individual, but it's important to get pre-approval against the right loan product. Yeah. Um, and then if you've got a team, then ideally the whole team, you, we can do that together. But, yeah. but understanding that financial situation and if it's going to work early, early, early is, is really important because we, we don't want anyone having surprises when you're getting closer to buying a property. Like that's that's disappointment yeah. around, right? Yeah. And, and do you match people up or do people have to come in as a group? No, we can do that. We can match people up. So um, you use two ways to use the platform. You can come in as a preformed team and essentially just get on site. Well, everyone signs up as an individual and then you team up. So you yep. send each other team up requests. Cool. Or you can just get on there and then look for a teammate. Um, right now, as we're starting, I'm, I'm being a lot more proactive about trying to understand people's needs, what they're looking for, um, and then I can sort of start to bring people together as well. Yep. Because, you know, as you can imagine in the early days, it's not high volume yet, right? So the more I understand about our customers, the more I can help them. Mm. And there's a myriad of opportunities as well, especially for, um, um, we, we were talking a little while ago, um, you know, for people who want to maybe divest out of their, they want to stay where they stay living mm-hmm. where they are, um, but they need to, you know, it might have been a breakup and, and they need to buy out their partner. Yep. Um, and so they can get investors in uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a myriad of opportunities that, um, and so it can be flexible. It's it's um, uh, it doesn't have to be black and white. No, you know. And initially, as we've gone into the market, we've very much targeted um, millennials because the opportunity is to help. I mean, when you look at the stats, it's quite horrifying to see what you know. You might end up with a whole generation who can't get into property, which is just going to be a total social problem. Um, and and so. That was really the aim of Proppy is to help millennials. And 
you know, it, it spills over beyond millennials, but getting into property, um, at least getting a foot on the ladder. But as you say, there are, I'm actually finding that there is interest and um, spillover with older segments, so even yeah. boomers who are looking to free up equity for one reason or another. Um, it could have been a health issue that they need to raise money for. It could be a split. We've got that as well. Um, and they just need to sell part of their property, but they really very much want to stay living where they are. Um, yeah. So that exists. And then I'm also just getting interest from people um, which might be of interest to this group as well, um, is where people just really want to invest in, in groups. And so it might even be um, larger groups, which at the moment is challenging because lending products don't cater to a, a lot of people right now. So I'm trying to get work through that with the lenders so we can get a better lending product on the market. Um, yeah, there are, there are ways of investing through a, um, you know, different structures. There um, are, yeah. Um, but... But if you wanted to borrow, then yeah, that's where it can get difficult. Yeah. Um, and it's um, yeah, especially with with banks. So um, yeah. Um, but uh, who knows what the future could hold? Um, yeah. So I mean, right now you can do it, I guess, with um, if you set up a trust or set up a company. Um, there's ways to do it, but you end up with other financial reporting obligations, which your average um, investor may not want to go through yeah. and, and, and it's a whole different sort of tax uh, yeah. tax structure as well and yeah. liabilities and so on so it can get a bit messy yeah you have to be quite committed to get to the end of it so <laughs> i kind of just want to make it accessible for everybody to go in in together um but you know at least if you're talking you know half shares and whatnot it's a way for you to get into a market without laying um a massive upfront cost like what i mean by that is if you look at your suburbs around that are experiencing high growth, they have a very high um, barrier to entry in terms of the cost. So yeah. most of these suburbs, in you know, you're talking minimum $2 million to get into the property market in some of these high growth areas. And mm. that, that might be difficult if you're talking about investment properties and you might already have another property um, and it might just be too much of a stretch. But if you wanted to diversify and have some part of a property in this suburb and maybe another part in another suburb, it's an opportunity to sort of diversify a little bit within um, property as an asset class, right? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the other benefit is if you've got a good thing going with a group of people, you know, rather than, um, you know, trying, waiting until you can buy another property just by yourself, yeah, as, as the group, you could uh, mm. get into further investments quicker, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and it's, I think, it's a way of diversifying and and into into more property and different types of property in different areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. what's interesting is you know the people I've spoken to you know there are a few people who already have a property whether that be where they're living or an investment property and then they're looking at exactly that they can get into another investment quicker by going hard yeah. for somebody. But I'm finding they're actually very flexible with what they buy. There's a real open mindedness. Um, whereas your first property buyers, I think, are perhaps often idealistic. You know, they're looking for a perfect dream home property, um, yes, uh, which is yes. hard to find. <laughs> uh, and it's and also from my experience as being a mortgage broker, they think this is going to be forever because um, mm. a, a 25, 30-year loan sounds like it's forever. 
Um, um, but you know, the average life of a loan is like four, yeah, three, three, or, three, three yeah. or four years now. Yeah. Um, so it, it's um, yeah, nothing's forever, and yeah, it's either because properties get sold or or you can refinance and so on. So um, yeah, the um, most important thing is to get in when you can afford to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I always said anyway. But uh, yeah. but the short answer to to any of this is. Um, um, yeah, before people do jump in, um, uh, they, they should really get the advice of the experts that you set up, isn't it, mm-hmm. through your process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we can, um, so what we've got as well on that legal side is we've got a number of legal packages. So if people do want more advice for specific situations, um, they can seek that advice, right? Yeah. So we've, we've essentially set up the, the, the base co-ownership agreements, um, we've already sought the advice, it's all there. But yeah. if you were, for example, a couple of people who wanted to go in and renovate a property and flip it, that would require um, a different type of co-ownership agreement, which, you know, we, we can, we've kind of got it in plans to set up a, a base template agreement for that scenario as well, but it's yeah. not a, a starting point right now. Okay. Um, well, you know what? I, I, I think we can uh, we can leave it there. I think we've covered it all, and it, it sounds great to me. Um, yeah, if we can help more people get into property ownership, uh, especially property investment, um, which I think is the best way to own property, um, then uh, we can um, you know uh, spread the love around of, of all the benefits. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a passion of mine, and it seems like it is of yours as well. So uh, yeah. I think it's it's a great um, great thing that you've set up. Um, yeah. But um, thanks for everyone who has watched this live. Um, there's a few people there. It, if if you can, if you are watching this um, in the recording, please uh, leave a comment saying that you're watching the recording. And if there are any questions, feel free to either message me directly, reach out to Ayumi. Uh, as well or go to um, the website the property website and um, and you're you're the person live on the chat too aren't you I am I'm wearing a few hats so yeah you'll get me at the other side of the chat bot um, you'll get me on Instagram as well so well Instagram Facebook LinkedIn um, so we have pages there so you can reach out to us on any of those channels okay great all right. Well, thanks, Ayumi. And, um, and yes, thanks, Jeremy. Um, it's appreciated. He's just said uh, awesome. Thanks, guys. So, thanks, um, everyone. All right. Thanks, Ayumi. Bye. Thanks, Ahan.